This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Welcome back, Disaster Divas. We're so happy to have you here with us once more. It is I, Jordan Cruciola. And me, Amanda Smith. I, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I'm uh, sorry. She's feeling punchy. Oh, God. This episode, because we're talking about airplane versus volcano. That's the order of it, right? Yeah. Airplane yeah. versus volcano. This fucking catastrophe of a movie. That was chaos. <laughs> I don't really was. How was it chaos, but also nothing happened? Yeah, it was uh like in in a way, like I I, I was entertained. I did act, I have a, I had a good time watching it while being even for like made for TV standards, mystified at the lack of concern for consequence. Yeah. Uh for just regard for any of the science or even saying the science capably. The the science was so tremendously wrong and normally I can get like I can give it a pass and I can be like well I'll yeah we'll we'll kind of just fudge it through and yeah. like yeah okay sure volcano why not like I, I, the, the science for the movie volcano was not particularly like, you can't have a volcano in Los Angeles yeah. based on the way the plates work uh-huh but I could go with it yeah like if you're gonna do it they they yeah. did it this was so deeply wrong that it actually, I, the, I, there were times where I would just look up at the TV and be like, no, that is not. And then the dog would like jump. But I'd be like, no, you're fine. You're a good boy. <laughs> this is not a good, this movie is not. And so not then beyond the title, uh, tell us what this movie is about. And honestly, the, the title is almost misleading because the airplane, until the end, uh-huh. At which yeah. point, I guess maybe it's referring to the end when it is truly a fight between an airplane and a volcano. Uh-huh. Um, I am upset that we didn't watch both prequels, but we only watched one of the prequels in this series before uh, uh, doing this movie. So at some point, we still have to go back and watch Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> the composite parts of Airplane versus Volcano. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so give us, okay. give us a summary. Oh, of God, I don't even know if I volcano. can. So uh, it is in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, a... New volcano erupts very suddenly without warning um, and towers Mm -hmm. above the ocean ocean level. Um, And there is at the time an airplane flying from Los Angeles to Hawaii upon which is is Dean Cain. Mm -hmm. Um, And the erupting volcanoes... Yeah, Killed. one gives way to a, a ring, a bunch a of circle of several, a, a circle like a of ring minor of hell volcanoes volcano pops up off the coast of Hawaii, of the, one Hawaiian of the Hawaiian islands. Island. Yeah, and like one of the older Hawaiian islands too, so far away from the hot spots, and um, and so yeah, and they're, they're caught within this ring is an airplane which the pilots try to navigate around the volcanoes, but instead get killed, and when they get killed, the plane hasn't been taken off of autopilot. So the airplane is stuck in autopilot flying in a circle. Yes. Um, and so Dean Kane and an air marshal Jim. Yes. And flight attendant whose name I never learned. Rita, I believe. Rita, you're flight right. It was Rita. Rita. And flight, flight attendants attendant, don't have names. Kind of yeah. Hey, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, flight attendant Rita and vulcanologist nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they have to Landon. Landon, Landon, okay. the volcanologist. Oh my god, that he should have been. I was gonna plane. say he that should have been Dean Kane's character's name instead of Rick. <laughs> oh, when they said like Landon is on the plane, I was sure it was gonna be Dean. I Kane. was so hoping because of course he should be the featured volcanologist on the plane, but he wasn't. He wasn't. I was. Expe- he just became fill-in pilot guy. And that's the thing is, I thought when Dean. I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but I did think that when Dean Kane stepped up, I thought he was going to be the volcanologist who yeah. also could fly the plane. And yeah. I was like, this podcast should be retitled "Dean Kane Can Do Anything," <laughs> because I thought it was gonna be another case of like oh right geologists can fly airplanes yeah we'll get to that in a second though because there is a moment like that um but so yeah so plot a is that there is an airplane flying in circles Mm -hmm. trapped within this outer hell circle of volcanoes plot b is that there is a geologist robin givens who has who's grounded who's on who's who's on on the, the ground who's in hawaii who's like one of her research partners has just been killed by lava and she goes to the army base to discuss fighting the volcano. Yes. Um, and how to, how to battle the volcano and is met by a uh, disbelieving gruff colonel. Colonel. Yes. Who doesn't believe that volcanoes exist. Yeah, my understanding. To, like he seems to doubt any, any sort of seismic attack yeah, on them. I, there's just no way. It's just not possible. And I'm like, you could probably like get some streaming video or something. <laughs> um, so we have these two things and they converge as the flight that they think that they've lost suddenly does make connection with the grounded uh, Air Force or the whatever base it is, Air Force or yeah. I, I never was clear on what branch. Of yeah, the, it was just a branch. It of was military. a branch of the military. Um, and so I will use every branch of the military interchangeably in this podcast. <laughs> I apologize in advance. The only thing I won't call it is the Navy because my friend is in it and he would get mad at me. When like in Hawaii, that's maybe the most likely branch. Probably. probably is. But and they would have the most accurate and best pilots. <laughs> but sure. Uh, we don't know exactly what branch it is. They just were wearing fatigues. I don't know. Yes. They were wearing fatigues, but that was generic. Anyway, point is they converge and a... Uh, rogue specialist at on the air air force army base wants to save the plane Mm -hmm. and angry colonel will not let them but then they do yeah i i don't even know if i synopsized this movie i don't it wasn't really like it was kind of a synopsis but also like those are all random bullet points that happened yeah like and that's i don't know like bottom line there is a series of volcanoes that are creating like a new ring of fire off the coast of hawaii and also a passenger plane is caught in a death loop because of this very strict autopilot feature and the military personnel and the volcanologists on the ground have to both solve the problem of these volcanoes chain reacting and creating new volcanoes coming out from the ocean floor while the a selection of them, but not all of them endeavor to save the passengers on this plane. Okay. Way better job, Jordan. And <laughs> then l- my confused arm wave. <laughs> we, so we can, I think really we can start the reality index them with the science. Oh Amanda. my God, you guys. Yeah. Like what? So let's start off with, um, how, so Hawaii, there is a, okay. Hawaii is a hot spot. What that means is basically there is like a single upwelling of magma that's coming up from deep within the earth. So deeper than most volcanoes normally come from. Normally they're coming from the upper mantle, Mm. which is closer to the crust. So, you know, you've got the different layers of the earth and you've got the upper mantle, not super hot lava. Okay. For some reason, and we don't know why, um, there is basically a puncture in the crust where Hawaii... Interesting. Where this upwelling of magma comes up and basically the pacific 
plate, which mm-hmm. is where Hawaii is, moves over it like a conveyor belt, which is why you have the Hawaiian Islands in a chain. Right. Because right. And then one stops working and the next one starts going, and that's how it works. Okay, yeah. Real simple, real straightforward. Couple big things involved with this. One, we know exactly where the next one's going to be happening. And in fact, not only do we know where it's going to be happening, but like it's growing. And okay. we, it's deep within the Earth's, and it's fairly deep ocean there. Okay. So for the volcanoes to not only grow, like reach the surface, but then also grow up to like, they say at one point that the plane is at 10,000 feet. Yeah. To be at 10,000 feet. Um, yeah, that's impossible. Because <laughs> yeah, they are like they just suddenly close. show up very quickly. They and are quite close to the to the calderas of these volcanoes right. when they're flying in a circle. It's not like they've cleared them by thousands. No, of No, they're like apparently these volcanoes. The summits are at ten thousand feet. Which yeah. again, so first of all, does not happen with volcanoes in the Hawaiian Islands. The mm-hmm. tallest are like thirteen thousand, but those have been growing over several thousand years. Right. Right. Um, because so here's the problem with Hawaiian. They they don't erupt and then become very sharp and high. They become like, they're called shield volcanoes. They look like a warrior's shield laid on its side. Mm -hmm. So it's a very gradual Mm -hmm. sort of, almost like you could, if you look at them, you're like, oh, that's a casual stroll up a very tall hill. Okay. Versus like a Mount St. Helens where you look and you're like, that is a... Yeah, that is jutting out of the ground. Yeah. Mount Hood, Mount St. Helens. What we see a lot of the Pacific Northwest, Mount Rainier. So those are completely different kind locations of where the magma is coming from, Mm. as well as a different entirely sort of... um, plumbing system mm-hmm. for how those form. So even in even in with the the way volcanoes form around the Hawaiian archipelago, this is, they wouldn't even this would it, given happen. millennia, they wouldn't necessarily form to these like crescendoed, like these yes. steep tall peaks. Yeah, they look they this is not they look like like scratching posts and that is not how a Hawaiian island right. volcano looks. Um and which like I could give them a pass except it was that situation where it happened so suddenly and Yeah. I was like, why couldn't it just be that Mauna Kea and Mauna Loa and all of the Hawaiian <laughs> all islands them at once. started erupting at once? Yeah. Problem solved. Also, with all of these giant mm-hmm. volcanoes springing up from the ocean, wouldn't the amount of like water displacement cause tsunami? Like, tsunami? like, yeah. real, like they, we that never would, hear about that tsunamis. That would legit be a problem. When it seems like that would like just wipe out islands. Yes. No, it, the, the tsunamis would be uh, huge. Um, there would be, like, they had the problem of that the ash cloud yeah the but, pyroclastic flow which you don't get in hawaiian islands right they're specifically like that is not how that you don't get those those are a mount st helens situation that's a, a right what we'd call a, a composite volcano we see we see the eruptions of kilauea there is this is so you can take like tourist yeah. trips practically to watch volcanic activity up on kilauea because it's not the tops and sides of these volcanoes aren't exploding off into like ash and rock bombs exactly like dante's peak exactly and yet the pyroclast in in a terrible moment of effects and a high moment of tragedy yeah a pyroclastic flow does a does cross a and a distance that i forgot to write down but it's very yeah. far uh just the wall of of ash and heat and death comes rushing at one of the beaches one of the hawaiian islands beaches and just pompeys the shit out of it yeah like you focus specifically on a small child in her bathing suit in the beach sand <laughs> where you're like oh my god is she gonna get off the beach no and then no, no one even makes an attempt yeah you watch the mother crater cradle her child mm-hmm. as the the ash sweeps over them and preserves them in, in place like vesuvius and pompeii yeah no there was there was it and was yet, a merciless and yet, death and yet not possible nary a tsunami to be found no 
And and no one really talked about other than that moment. I was like, is no one gonna worry about like what this means for the Hawaiian Isle? Is no one else? <laughs> yeah. None of the soldiers were like, oh god, we gotta get everyone evacuated because of the possibility of this. I was like, guys, there's no. The only risk that happened on this in this movie, the only risk to anything was quite literally just to the airplane. <laughs> yeah. This was airplane versus volcano because the, the volcanoes were not going to affect anything else. There were no shipping vessels in the area. Yeah. There were no cruise liners. There was nothing. It was an airplane. It was a volcano. There were, like, they, I was genuinely shocked by the lack of urgency and scope. I feel like in these disaster movies, especially the made-for-TV ones, what they specialize yeah. in is bad B-roll yeah. of a pa- of panicking masses. Yes. Like in Stonados, where we see Boston Harbor fleeing, yeah. and we really only see that beach scene, and they talk about evacuating mm-hmm. somewhere, but it basically you would have to, it sounds like you'd have to worry about like the entire archipelago at this point, with Which- the way these volcanoes keep springing out of the the water and also they're threatening more volcanoes are threatening to come out as we learn throughout the movie like oh man this was just a precursor there's like seven new volcanoes here but the big ones come in right which sure (laughs) Um, (laughs) and they did it like robin givens delivered her lines well yeah but they gave her like they gave her so science it seems like yeah than then is normal for these this movies. This was genuinely just like somebody came up with a some sort of a concept yeah. of just like what if you were trapped in an airplane and you couldn't land and maybe it had maybe it was inspired by like the eruption in in um Iceland and like that it I don't know. I don't even know what this like the Reykjavik volcano. Yeah, like maybe where they were like oh it, it's it's disrupting air travel in Europe mm-hmm. and so someone was like what if there were a bunch of volcanoes erupting and uh-huh. that disrupted air travel <laughs> but yeah they, because like, they're they're the reason the plane can't get in touch with anybody for so long is because all of their transmission equipment is down yeah their plane is malfunctioning the pilots are killed because it seems like the control board shocks them both to death yeah. I don't know except one of them then bleeds out of the mouth oh one of them had like a projectile seems like it yeah, shot into, into the body of the primary of the captain of the plane right we don't know what the it was. The airplane threw emergency ninja stars. Yes, and then he bled out, and mm-hmm. the 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 second pilot, the co-pilot, died immediately yeah. from whatever happened to him. So there was something. There was enough of a precursor. There was something was going on in the air, fucking up the electrical equipment in these this plane because of these spontaneous volcanoes yeah. forming on the ground. I guess. I mean, maybe like like the the Saint Elmo's fire, which is like the volcanoes when they erupt you get electricity um, essentially mm. in the in the clouds and that maybe there was like a lightning strike. But I don't know. They don't really ever really cover that one. No, they do not. They just, we're just like, oh, the pilots, pilots are real dead. Yeah, yeah. Pilots are super dead. And the and the control board never, Is never harms another person till the, till the very end. But even that was like something came through the window. But like, yeah, the control board just kills the two yeah. pilots and then it, it's not a threat again. Yeah. This movie is very inconsistent. Well, they, yeah, that's what they keep... I said it to you before. It feels to me like this was a movie that was written by putting a bunch of disaster movie scripts into a bot. Yes. And then it gave you a script and they were like, well, let's run with this one. Yes. Um, where, cause it had all the makings of like, this is going to be great. I am super on board with an airplane caught in this like mini hell circle of volcanoes. Yeah. I can go with all these things. Mm-hmm. Except that it was weirdly low stakes in yeah. a way that only a movie not written by a human can be. Yeah. <laughs> or a sociopath. Yeah, it was just like, oh, okay, we're just going to do this next thing now. And I was like, well, but we know no one on this plane, really. Yeah. We don't, like, we don't, on this I mean, plane of about 20 that's going only, from L.A. to Hawaii. The only character on the plane, other than the main characters whose name I was like, ah, that is a character's name. Yeah. 
was the weirdly named Tony, which I, up until that moment... Tony's a kid, right? The, yeah, Tony's up until the that only moment, child on board. It had never occurred to me before that children could be named Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that happened. I was like, oh, yeah. And we learned... I guess. I we, guess that Tonys have to come from somewhere. Yeah, it's like we when you meet, see a 10-year-old named Gus. Yeah. We meet Tony because Tony's mom is giving eyes... To Air Marshal Jim. Well, no, first and Tony. For some reason, no, first though, Tony is just staring at Air Marshal Jim. Right. I mean, kids like, stare. Kids that stare. That kid, I was watching, I was like, what is that kid plotting? Well, I mean, we need the reason. We need, we need the motivation because Jim needs to meet Tony so Tony can introduce, so mom can meet Jim. Her but for some breaker. reason, for oh. some reason, mom decides that it's appropriate to be like, Bet you're a Hank. It was great. You know what? I love that. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I, no, <laughs> I that love really... that moment because the hardest part in writing a script is figuring out how to get a character's name worked in so that somebody else says the character's name. It is sure. so hard. But I mean, she didn't say his name. No, because then he was like, "You were close. It's Jim." It's and I was sure. like, "Yes." But that's that like the hacky. That's the hacky. I was like, way. "You know what? No, I love this." And I was like, "That is that is a sure. Go with it. You guys needed to get the character Airmark. Not that his name matters." You gotta call him Air Marshal. As far time. as as far as reality index goes, the the number the beginning flag for how this movie was going to have absolutely no regard for anything whatsoever fucking ever mm-hmm. was the unbelievability of the passengers on this plane. The yeah. chattiest Cathy's. Oh, you have so mom friendly. being oh like, God. "Oh, I bet you're Hank." And then you have the, the the I think the flight attendant is talking to, or no, it was the pass two passengers talking to each other. This guy is sitting just like quietly, and they the the talking camera clocks love. his wedding ring. Sure, only because only five people have ever been married, so yeah. it's worth noting. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's going to meet his girlfriend, but he's it's like they're already married, so he just wears his wedding. Wedding yeah, band around. Okay, he just no. wears his wedding band, and they're not. They have another wear, wedding they yet. They've been they together for six yet. months. They're not engaged. They've oh, been they aren't engaged. Six okay, months. Fair. He's like, I just like wearing it. His neighbor asks him about it, which is why they're talking about it. The before we learn that the first class passenger is psychotic, he yeah. was extremely relatable to me because when we first see him, oh, and he, he has is. his head buried in his hands, and he looks like he's going to commit suicide on a plane. Yeah. yeah. Fully on board with that. That's how I feel. Like that that man was manifesting how I feel on planes and his misery and sure. sweat and fear and hating the smell of a closed cabin. I, I thought that he had had like drugs in an orifice that yeah. then like yeah. the he balloon see, they had totally punctured. set him up to be yeah. a smuggler, criminal, something, warlord, Eddie, mastermind. No, he was just like an anxious man yeah. who suddenly decided to stage a coup. They yeah. brought in every trope. I for yeah. sure thought he was about to like try and hijack the plane. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, because this passenger, the first class crazy ass passenger i forget his name krieger i don't sure. know yeah i think it was but like krieger or krieger yeah but like like a, a man of latin origin it seemed I, the it, name did it, not seem to fit ambiguous accent yeah he had an accent and an accent that, that was the best. thick yeah, i was i thought he was greek honestly i was like is it, <laughs> i didn't know he's this, something and so this guy starts wigging out when danger starts becoming a parent and that's okay fine you're gonna wake out but he immediately goes to paranoia mode yeah and dean kane who we i think are pretty i'm pretty sure we all thought was gonna be the volcanologist on the plane turns out he's not the volcanologist on the plane who's partners with robin gibbons he's just some random guy who's he's a, a hobby pilot. pilot he's a hobby pilot doesn't even seem like a professional pilot yeah so somebody's got to step in and take over for the dead pilots dean kane's the guy to do it and for some reason crazy first class guy immediately assumes Rick means them harm. Like yeah. this, like Dean Kane is going to put us in danger. This guy's got to, 
in real life, Not good wrong. thing to assume. Good, yeah. I mean, but like in the con- like he's looking at the air marshal being like he's trying to cause mutiny. He's trying yeah. to get Rick thrown out of the of the pilot of the control room and he looks at the, the air marshal he's like keep an eye on him. He's trying to kill us. It's like you have no fucking reason to think this man is deliberately doing yeah. you harm. And they were laying it on so thick with how crazy this yeah. guy was. I was like, oh, he's a terrorist. Yeah. And he's trying to set up that guy as a patsy yeah. so that mm-hmm. he can carry out his dastardly scheme. And then, no, he was just he's just a crazy paranoid dude. crazy yeah. man. I thought yeah. for sure he was going to end up being a terrorist because I was like, this movie's just being insanely tropey and lazy And from they gave the us get-go. an air marshal, yeah. so you yeah. need a, a, a lawbreaker. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, 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 like, and why just have a pedestrian lawbreaker on a plane? It totally seemed like he was trying to mutiny, every, get everybody going to mutiny yeah. so he could go into like the cargo hold and do yeah. something yeah. shady. And that just never happened. He was just an asshole. I feel like every movie where there's a flight, there's an air marshal, air marshal on that I flight. I love the air marshal. Oh, yeah. Love the air marshal. Is yeah. that like, do we know what percentage of flights have air marshals on them? I feel like that that is a number out there that yeah. I don't know. Huh. Um, so here's the thing. I don't know that I, I, I don't know that we can actually accurately assess it. Cause sure. it could be like one of those things where they say like speeds monitored by aircraft when you're driving on the highway. And you're sure. Like, right. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Maybe that fools four people, but like speeds aren't <laughs> monitored by aircraft. Like if anybody can be an air marshal, like in plain clothes, then you don't really need to have an air marshal. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't even know that I fully believe that Jim was an air marshal. The guy kept his gun tucked into his pants. I mean, th- within like, this universe, that feels very accurate to an air marshal. I mean, where else but are you going to put it? Right? Yeah. <laughs> just might as well just in back, because there's nothing more comfortable than keeping your your gun tucked into the back of your pants for a six-hour flight. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. That's great. That's a good hey, spot. It's the sacrifice of the job, baby. <laughs> I, I just... They like we have we have the distressed child and this like we have the distressed child that the air marshal has to comfort. We have the woman who's eyeball like the mom who's eyeing air marshal who almost it's like, is this going to be a subplot romance? We have the paranoid freak out in first class who's the potential terrorist who doesn't turn out to be one. We have the self-sacrificing guy who just likes wearing his wedding band, even though he's not even engaged. engaged. Yeah. Which what I was hoping. How easy would it have been for him to just be married? Like how easy could it? Yeah, have no. Been? They, they needed they, they needed him need... to have a complex. It was so complicated. They needed to have him have a complex relationship so that they could have a conversation based on his wedding ring. But I mean, I, like all I have to do is is show the wedding band and have him be like, you know, how long you've been married, wife. and then he can be like, three weeks. This that's like I'm meeting her for our honeymoon. I couldn't get off of work soon enough. The sure. the 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 my what they they really left on the table. What a person we are introduced to in the military base is Specialist Tully, who mm. is like the moral center of the ground control situation. Yes. He's dead set on saving the passengers, on helping the civilians, even though his boss, the colonel, is like really not about protecting and serving and doing their duty to like save these these people in trouble mm. on this plane. But what I was really hoping is because he suddenly gets really attached to the people on the plane, mm-hmm. and the guy on the plane is going. Going to visit his spouse I was like man they shouldn't have said wife and should have just let Tully be his husband his future oh. husband I really wanted that would have lifted this movie up so much higher for me if I yeah. had known that like overly committed Frank mm-hmm. I think his name was Frank was, was going, going to, to Hawaii to, go to get to Tully. his his man to propose to Aww. him to be his wouldn't that have it would have been, been nice great. there would have been that it would have tied been, the things together a lot better, better. especially because he because at first he's like we need to get people off the island and then Tully is and then he's like 
no, we really need to get people off the plane. Like we definitely need yeah, people. He gets like, real shit, focus on who the plane. does he know on the plane? Yeah. He doesn't know anybody yeah. on the plane. He's just a very strong sense of duty. Yeah. And meanwhile, Robin Givens, who does know someone on the plane, she knows the volcanologist. Yes. She knows land and the volcanologist. And she is not particularly concerned with getting, saving that plane, <laughs> which does make me wonder, like, I want that backstory. I want to know why Robin Givens doesn't particularly care. She's like, nah, you've got to save the plane. And the commander's <laughs> like, no. And then she's like, okay, that's fair. There was a very believable corny joke between the two of them when Mm -hmm. this skips to the end of like, you know, the way things resolve and Robin Givens says to Landon on the phone, she goes, who rocks? Oh my God. And he answers, you rocks. And I was like, that feels like something. Nice. Yeah. No, we do like love our dumb, our dumb say. rock puns. That, even, even though one of those geologists is Robin Givens in this context, yeah. I was like, I will, this corny joke feels like one of the few contextually appropriate things in this entire film. Yeah. Deeply accurate. Super weird. Like, I feel like this, this fits into reality indexing. Also, un- very hard to wrap my brain around how little to do both Dean Kane and Robin Gibbons they had, had. They showed up for a paycheck. Dean Kane's whole job was to sit in front of a steering wheel. That's it. And hold it. The plane and is occasionally look distressed. On autopilot, yeah. everyone. And Dean Kane so is the pilot. That's the thing is that so the, the pilots die and they can't take the plane off of autopilot because, as I've learned now, apparently, airplanes don't have a like glove compartment with an instruction manual the way that my <laughs> Honda does. Yeah. <laughs> so that when my warning light came on for low tire pressure, I could go into that and figure out how to turn off the light. They don't have that for autopilot for airplanes. And, there, and we are told, don't know how true or not this is, that the autopilot feature was set to only be able to turn off. You could only turn it off with an activation code as a security measure to prevent terrorist attacks. And I think this was meant to be like a post 9-11 thing. Like that way the plane would, it would be an autopilot. The terrorists couldn't get it off of autopilot to turn it into a big plane missile. And so I think that was supposed to be the origins of this very locked in autopilot system. Yeah. Um, But I I can't speak to that. So, and apparently Dean Kane, all he can do is kind of occasionally like, wiggle the steering wheel a little bit left with or right. all of his might <laughs> yeah and so he can like nudge it to the left or the right with a lot of force and straining yeah um but to they, like evade lava bombs yeah. that are because like they're flying through particulate matter lava bombs right. ash clouds yeah. like they're they're flying through the apocalypse they yeah. are flying through the apocalypse for a probably for it's probably like a real time kind of clock in the movie like it's an hour and a half movie God, I, think I would i would we're hope meant it is. to assume that their journey is as long as this movie was it's not like oh yeah. it was seven hours and we well just, yeah but they've already lost because they after they tried to turn the autopilot off and um the flight attendant Rita just like r- r- rummaged Dean Kane is truly telling her, just stick your hand yeah. in these wires and <laughs> feel around. Till you find the big switches. Basically to reboot the, our whole system in here. Mm-hmm. And he, she's just like, I don't know what I'm looking for. And he says, it'll either be color coded yeah. or it will look nothing like the other switches. And then that is her us, guidance. And feel around blindly. Yeah. And then it's either color coded or not at all, Wait, and it looks totally different. Can you guys not feel when With something's yeah. a different I feel color? Red. Yeah. I, it's it's yeah. a form of synesthesia. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a weird reverse synesthesia. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And she like so she's rooting around with her hand and obviously flips the wrong goddamn switch. <laughs> Which is, I, I, guess I feel like a, maybe a bad spot to put all this important switches next to each other yeah, for a, a for high sure. leverage situation because she releases the gas. The, the fuel <laughs> just starts spewing out of a wing. Yeah. Just starts spewing out of the wing of a plane. And instead of immediately 
flipping that switch back, no. she just pulls her hand out and starts panicking. So Dean Kane, with his bigger <laughs> arm, has yeah. to go in and start rooting her out again. And he, after expelling so much fuel and a lot of- That was of, a great set piece that never paid off. It, th- like so much of oh this Oh my movie. God, it was so cool. So there's it's spewing out. Yeah, like there's a trail of fuel coming off the back of the plane. <laughs> yeah, and then a lava bomb hits it and so the fire starts going up the and igniting Like up, a fuse. Yeah, so cool looking. Yeah, and, and it's like potentially gonna like hit that source, the fuel, it's gonna blow up the whole fucking plane wing. But instead, Dean Kane feels to the right switch and turns off the like fuel release. Yeah. And so the, the fire stops, so it saves them. But then he hits another switch. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, well, he's like, oh, no, it short-circuited everything. Well, the autopilot stuck on. There were so many <laughs> fucking things that happened in this movie that were like, we've got a plan. We're going to execute the plan. And there was absolutely no yeah. consequence. There was no yeah. follow-through. Yeah. Like that yeah. set piece, that the gas. There, no, there were no people watching out the window being like, well, we no. We never got the sense from the from anybody on the plane except for terrorist guy Krieger and then like Rita and Dean Kane. I never got the yeah. sense from the other passengers on the plane that they were anything other than like mildly inconvenienced within the airplane. They were they were yeah. very afraid, but there was no sense of specific yeah. danger. Yeah, like there were so many things that they could have been that it was just like a general sense of like, uh oh, no. there wasn't like, oh my god, there's a trail of fire going to the wing. Right. Oh my god, the pilot has to keep avoiding lava bombs so they don't hit the plane. Oh like my, there was yeah. none of that. It was just like a overall din of distress. It was like it was like they had hit particularly bad turbulence. Yeah, and it was gonna. Like just then everyone was a little freaked out, but not yeah. fully ready to be in a situation of like, oh my God, we're all going to die. There were just, and there were like, I get that you have, you put plans in motion to have them fail to build up a sense of right. hopelessness for like the audience and the, and the, 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 our, our, our people in peril on the plane, but they just kept setting up things to happen that wouldn't work. And then it was like, meh. Yeah. So it was basically, it was like a series of vignettes. Like at one point they're trying to make the plane lighter to level it out, I guess. And so they're like, all right, let's go to the cargo hold. And everybody's like doing like they're they're passing each other luggage to throw out the open cargo bay at the bottom of the plane. And for some reason, they're not like just shoving it out. They all have to like hoist it up into the air. They're like throwing it up into the air. And so that happens. Oh, well, there wasn't enough. Like that wasn't enough that didn't do the job. So they still needed to get rid of more weight. But it's like, wait, why did you have them just go and do that extremely complicated luggage purge? Mm -hmm. Only so. Dean Kane oh could have to find a way to cut more weight from the plane, which the solution to that was a lava bomb started falling toward the plane and he precisely steered the plane while it is locked on autopilot into the path of the lava bomb so that the lava bomb would clip off only one of the engines <laughs> attached to the wing of the plane. A clean hit, mm-hmm. fucking clean hit. None of the wing went with it. Just like, oh, well, there went the engine and thousands of pounds. Like, yep. what the hell? That's that why, was the answer. That's why you always make sure that you, that, you know, when they're, when your teachers in the school are like, you're going to need algebra one day. <laughs> that is why. Dean Kane did some impressive algebra, figured out the arc of the parabola of the airplane, of the lava bomb, while also figuring out the speed at which the airplane was traveling yeah. and in what direction. And then he calculated exactly the point of intersection. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. I mean, hey, I mean, thank 
to be fair to Dean Kane, he didn't necessarily have to figure out the speed of the plane. That was probably on one of the dials. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's true. We didn't have to calculate. You take yeah. that. You take that out of it, and it's it's so it's, easy. It's so anybody right. oh, user so friendly. Easy. Yeah, I could do it. Points. Well, and, and they and like as far as like it, the fact of them setting up so many things that never materialized into yeah. anything, I think reduces the believability of anything that happens. So, like with Dean Kane's character, first of all, you think he's going to be the second volcanologist, and he's not. Then he's a pilot, and then they set up these little things for you to not believe in him but they never cash in on those no. like the 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 freak out passenger is the freaking out passenger the first class guy is telling the ever like watch him he he can't be trusted and then at one point it cuts to dean hand, dean's hands like shaking like he has the dt's like oh god is this guy a fucking alcoholic is this like that denzel movie flight like mm. they're the, the black box will reveal all these secrets he's not the hero we thought he was at one point he's looking at a picture of his kids like his wife and family where you're like oh maybe he killed his family and mm. that's why he's got the shakes Ooh, or you're like he killed they, them in an airplane crash exactly yeah. like there's all these little hints and then because they plant this sort of like maybe sinister thing you're like oh god is he suicidal like he's gonna take these people down with him but he's also part of just there's as you were saying earlier Amanda there's no lead this is just an ensemble cast yeah. so like who the fuck am I even rooting for because I don't know that I'm supposed to be rooting for Dean Kane in this situation but none of those things ever led anywhere and he just kept insisting, I'm a pilot. I can fly this plane. I can fly this plane. It's I like, mean, so you're not, Tony, you don't actually. have to fly this yeah. plane, actually, is yeah. what's going on. You aren't flying this plane. No one's flying this plane. He, I can hold this steering wheel. And like, it, it was like as if somebody had put him into like a, car, a kid on a, somebody else's lap. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're driving the car. That is what Dean Kane was doing. And looking like he was so like his insecurity was what was driving him to like sit in that seat the entire time. Not any sense of like functional use. Yeah. And, and that the, the crazy passenger is like impeaching the ability of, is calling out the ability of of Dean Kane to fly this plane when Dean actually doesn't misrepresent his skill set. He doesn't tell everybody like, "Oh yeah, I do this all the time." He makes it clear to the air marshal, "I've flown a nine seater." Yeah, his his abilities are are very out there for us to know. He didn't like snow them over about what he was capable of doing, and yet the passenger seems like the crazy passenger feels like he has reason to believe that Dean is lying to everybody, but he's not. Yeah, he's been very upfront about his lack of skill flying a large passenger vessel it was just why all these where did, by the way where did Krieger get his one random muscle that dude <laughs> that one when he got that when he got the heavy that dude who like helped detain Dean yeah Kane, I was like because they stormed they definitely stormed the cockpit that gentleman come from was he also an accomplice in this like not terrorist act like, yeah like it what makes is him happening? seem like he has accomplices suddenly I had also completely forgotten by the time that happens because okay so Dean, so this guy is yelling about like, ah, he's going to kill us all. He's going to kill us all. And so Air Marshal Jim arrests him, locks him in the bathroom and handcuffs him to the bathroom door, essentially. Um, And he's basically just like out of commission for several, like, I fully, I was like, I bet you they're just going to forget about him. I really was like, okay, he just lives in there. Yeah. I I was expecting him to be the one who eventually like flies the airplane into the, into the mountain. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I figured he was going down with the plane. showed back up again, having fought his way out of that bathroom. Yeah. um, And then shoots the air marshal. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a tussle mm -hmm. and the air marshal pulls out his gun and they're fighting over the gun and it becomes the gun at the torso. The air marshal doesn't even pull out the gun. What's his name? Pulls the gun out of the back of the air marshal's pants. Oh, is it the volcanologist? Is that Landon? 
no, who no, does no, that? No, Krieger pulls the oh, gun okay, yeah. out of the back, You're right. and then they they're tussle. wrestling, and he feels the gun. gun he grabs he pu- the gun, yeah. Which is why you don't keep the gun in the back of your pants. <laughs> but hey, they did pay it off. They yeah, did. That's true. <laughs> Chekhov's law does state that if you put a gun in the back of the pants in the first act, <laughs> right, it, it should go off in the, the third. Yeah. yeah, and and so this guy, like, and the reason they start the second, the the reason they have their final fight, the bad guy and the air marshal, is because the air marshal has developed another plan. They have they oh, have had yeah. a couple failed attempts at at rescue or or safe haven, and so the air marshal walks into the cabin of the plane and he holds up a parachute <laughs> and an inflatable door, like one of the inflatable the raft. raft slides. And he's like, "We're gonna attach this parachute to this boat, and we're all getting out of here." Yeah, and everyone claps immediately, buying into this. Yes, the Operation Dumbo drop of airplane <laughs> escapes. This is gonna totally work. You're gonna be able to have twenty people in a raft. Yeah, and it's not going to flip no. from any sort of motion. <laughs> it's gonna be fine flying uh-huh. through the air that with all of the lava bombs. 20 people yeah, no it's one's not going to melt in the air no. because we're in a churn of hell where volcanoes are exploding yeah. constantly around us the heat isn't going to liquefy this parachute as soon as we get out of this plane all of this it's going to be fine this will all drift down not get punctured or melt and we will all land safely on the surface of the ocean and just wait to be rescued and then, actually yeah. we'll be in boiling water <laughs> in between a bunch of volcanoes <laughs> who's going to drive in here yeah. who's going to take their destroyer in here and pick us up or something like what the fuck was that and everybody just jumps on super on that's a great plan but then crazy passenger frees himself and he's having the wrestle fight and he's like if anybody gets off this plane it's gonna be me which like he was included in that 20 people yeah i don't think marshall wasn't gonna leave he wasn't gonna be left behind jim was an upright guy like he was gonna bring him along yeah he was gonna follow the letter of the law yeah and so he he and he alone, we do see yes. the parachute raft exiting the plane. And so the bad guy does get his wish and he takes all the resources with him and he lands on the, you know, the surface of the ocean. He's just floating and he's laughing maniacally. And then we cut to him a little bit later mm-hmm. and a new forming volcano is shooting up from below him. So he is projectiled into the air by an explosion of lava and then we actually see his body engulfed in flame. Yeah. Because this movie did, it like, it only takes place inside basically a room yeah. for ground control and then the, co- the the cabin of a plane. So any other money presumably went to their volcanic effects. Yeah, and which they, they put money into. We did see the volcanoes occasionally. Yeah, you do like a lot did. of establishing shots of volcanoes. Yeah, so we did, it wasn't like with like mega fault where we didn't yeah. feel like we ever saw the the <laughs> volcano there the the yeah. the um the earthquake the like the fracture zone yeah, yeah the fault it wasn't like that it wasn't like we didn't f- or, or boa where we were like there wasn't enough of actually the boa this was just like they really invested in it but yeah it, it was like the it was like the the um moana animated short like the, it would look like those of vol- that as a volcano basically <laughs> a bunch of like very tall cartoon volcanoes yeah. <laughs> is what is what they and they just flying the fact that this plane would have been operational for more than like 10 minutes after flying sucking ash that's the thing the ash i mean i, even, I mean it would have I, they would have been down in minutes i ignored that because you know in dante's peak they do deal with that and they, we'll get exactly to that. it's they a huge problem so the thing with volcanic ash is that it's actually glass at, volcanic ash isn't ash the way we think of it. Yeah. It's tiny shards of glass. And mm-hmm. so what happens is that it gets into an engine. The engine superheats the glass. It melts and then cools again. And it 
clogs up the engines and that can take down airplanes, helicopters, all of it. it the lava bombs aren't the risk here. They're, they're dramatic, but they're not the risk. The risk right. is the ash. But I can almost give them a pass because I'm like, well, fine, because then you have no movie. But right. And they kind of deal with it when they're talking at the command center and Tully has that secret. He has his friends who are the secret um, parachuters who have right. the, the, the prop plane. And he's going to secretly send out the prop plane because that has an has the propellers. He says will not get gunked up. Okay, okay. The way that the other airplanes' engines will, which the passenger plane absolutely would have. Yes, exactly. The passenger plane would have gotten clogged immediately. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, what ends up felling the the prop plane is that it gets hit with a big lava bomb. Yeah. The geologist has to take five seconds with every passenger being evacuated off of this plane onto the other one. Yeah, has to take five seconds to be like, hey, man. You okay? How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you all right? Okay, Stay right go there. Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and so he keeps like offloading people, but first he has to like go through this little like gut check with each and every <laughs> one of them. And I'm like, dude, this is a much more urgent situation. And than- it really seems like the way that they are transferring for like the first attempt at passenger yeah. rescue, it is truly a huge military plane flying just up underneath the passenger plane, opening a hatch yep. at the top and being like, come on. Jump on in. And people just free falling yeah. down into this plane. No like ropes, no nothing to secure them. They're basically just falling into this hole. Yeah. But then I probably like a handful of people make it off into that rescue plane and then it's hit by the lava bomb. And so again, another thing where a plan was hatched yeah. and then it just went nowhere and you're like, well, okay, I guess that's just one more thing that didn't work. And no one on the airplane reacts particularly no, to t- watching all these being like, that oh been my them. God, that could have been me or that was my husband on the plane. Like yeah. none of that. Nothing happens. No one knows each other. They've yeah. been all been bonding and still <laughs> no one cares. Nobody cares that they just watched potential survivors like the plane explode as it careens down into the ocean. Yeah, and and taking with them what is potentially one of their last chances, as far as they know, yeah. of escape. Uh-huh. Because, you know, Jim hasn't come up with this genius parachute plan yet. So <laughs> as far as they know, this was it. This yeah, was the right. military rescue. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, huh. I guess we go back upstairs. <laughs> okay, cool, guys. Are we, we're not, okay. I mean, a, in a true the the like the, the hugely self-sacrificing thing that happens in this movie is when somehow a a lava bomb or a rock hits one of the engines of the plane but does not explode it it just gets Wedged. stuck yeah. somehow and there is a guy on the plane frank the the not yet engaged man is like i'll fix it yeah it's like wait excuse me what <laughs> Like he's a mechanic of some sort. Yeah, he's he's like maybe like a car mechanic, but he's 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 talking about how he's going to go meet his wife on vacation. He's going to go meet his wife on vacation. Then he's like, "Let me get my tools." It's like, "Why'd you bring your tools on vacation?" Mm-hmm. And then his plan, as they are flying through this superheated air <laughs> amidst a ring of volcanoes, is he is going to go outside of the plane, somehow scale the wing. To get to the engine on this metal plane, he's yeah. going to hang onto it with his skin and not be melted. Yeah. And he's going a- to take And not a- be blown off going 200 miles an hour. However, no. however fast, I'm assuming like 200 miles an hour? Yeah, hundreds of off? miles an hour yeah. at 10,000 feet. And he's going to take a mallet, essentially, yeah. and hit this rock or whatever it is out of the engine until it frees and it can spin again. Sure. And so this man is 
fed out of the plane, basically. The passengers form a rope around him made of seat belts mm. that they've snapped together. Yeah. And, and they, that they have buckled into each other, which yes. is very cute. They didn't tie them together. Yeah. They made sure to use the metal, the, the male yeah. and female closures. Yeah. Because, you know, that's how they're used for. And he uses, for air, the airplane oxygen so, mask. Yeah, which is not attached to anything. Which is not. He is like, I am going to use oxygen <laughs> at 10,000 feet by putting a plastic cup on my face. <laughs> That has no oxygen attached to it. I really it. appreciate it. Oh like, my god! That was a moment. I was like, "Does the screenwriter not understand?" <laughs> when they're like, "Oh, they," you know, they say the air mask will not inflate. Does he not understand what the air mask? I was does? like, "Wait, am I?" I was like, "I felt gaslighted." The moment I was like, "Do I not understand yeah. how these gas masks work?" No. Like these, because what they fall from the ceiling of the plane yes. and they are attached to oxygen within the the cabin yeah. of the plane above you, and that is how the oxygen gets yeah. to you. The bag attached to it doesn't have its own autonomous <laughs> air supply. But this guy is outside the fucking plane so with this mask on his face and an airbag hanging off of it that's just like, yeah, the bag's not inflating because there's literally nothing fucking helping you here, man. Not... I, 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 oh my god in my head i was trying to imagine how that had gone down where i was like did <laughs> when he, he cut it putting it on i was like no when, i was like I mean, did, did he cut it from the tube yeah and like put it over his face and it was like yeah that works as good as anything yeah. i guess <laughs> like did that happen did somebody like did, did does the screenwriter just think that all of these like that they don't they aren't attached to anything and that you can <laughs> yeah. just take them like you know when you have the, the flight attendant <clears throat> at the beginning of the flight yeah like hers works hers well, she, might as well work well you know what the, yeah she does the demonstration and puts it over her yeah. own face and you're like oh okay like did does that is that what the screenwriter thinks all of them are like <laughs> like i wanted to know so much more about where and how that plan came up because that was a a, that was a line that was written that was oh, written yeah. into it or yeah. the director was like hold on guys this doesn't look believable he's gonna need oxygen yeah. out there <laughs> get him a cup of plastic and with strap a, it to baggie. his face I mean it might as well have been a Ziploc bag it was like, so great and it was and, and you're like and, and that like because they're feeding him out the plane. The air is like taking him. It's pulling him. And so it looks like his well, little limp body. the air is taking him. His little like, it, the way they indicate that the plane is going quickly <laughs> is that his arms and legs are straight out in front of him in a way that looks like they filmed it yeah. with him hanging by the waist and they just pulled him up. Yeah. And then they like inverted the film. They made it like horizontal. So it looked <laughs> like his dangly body was going sideways. And so they're feeding him out of the plane yeah. so he can get to the wing. And then I think he probably crawls his way across the wing is somehow not pulled off of it by the the speed. Yeah. Is somehow breathing, yeah. not melting from either the air or his body touching the metal plane, which has been flying through fire for an hour. Sure. Not getting hit by tiny pieces of particulate matter that are ripping out his eyes, lacerating him, yeah. and hanging over the engine of a plane and swinging a hammer at it <laughs> to get a rock out of it. And then the rock gets out. And then as he's, he somehow survives all this and the, the passengers are pulling him back in. They're, they've all got this like seatbelt rope in their hands. They're bringing him back in. But then that goddamn seatbelt catches onto the side of the, like, the plane door mm -hmm. and snaps itself open. Which is the easiest latch 
ever of ever. an airplane buckle. Ever. Because it is never that easy to open your damn airplane <laughs> buckle. But nope, in that case, it they he, it's the one that's super easy and it yeah. catches and he's just gone. And the only person who truly reacts, Rita. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is like, oh. Another moment where the passengers don't seem to care. Yeah. And so they do all of that to get the engine spinning again. And after he successfully does it and his sacrifice is not in vain, well, then a lava mom comes down and hits another engine and takes it out. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so much for saving an engine. Like, it's another one of these things where they have a fucking solution that amounts to nothing. Yeah. Which the ultimate solution that they have for all of their problems, of course, involves missiles. Oh, well, yeah. So <laughs> what we haven't talked about and which which you might have noticed by now is that we haven't really talked about what the geologist has had to do with this. Right. And the answer to that is absolutely nothing. Landon, <laughs> the geologist on the plane is more of an electrician. Oh, but yeah, he, he builds a so communication the, device. Again, geologists can do anything. anything. So he anything. manages to somehow turn the last ever um, airplane phone. <laughs> Remember those? I'm like, this is from the top any, of the seat. You hit the button. Yeah, this is something anybody under the age of 18 will mm. not know what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, there's the back of the airplane seats, how you would have that telephone that you would want to play with, but your mom would be like, no, you can't. It's a very expensive phone call. Um, yeah. So he finds one of those, Mm -hmm. he rewires it and he is able to turn it into some sort of a radio and reach the radio, the wavelength that he can communicate with the, um, with the ground. Yeah. I want to make sure everyone understands this movie came out in 2017. I thought it was 2014. 2014. 2014. 2014. Okay. okay. Yeah. Still. Still. Still way past the time. Yeah. But yeah, he manages to do this, which I will say is not a thing I've ever learned in geology school. Much like storms, (laughs) much like tracing tornadoes, um, I never also learned any sort of electrical engineering. Um, So, yeah, I mean, geologists are still real amorphous in terms of what our skill set (laughs) is. Uh, But yeah, he, he, when he goes into that whole goodbye monologue, and again, going back to the thing about like, thinking about people at the Air Force Base being connected back to the airplane. He's talking about how, like, he loved his father, but he knew his father couldn't always tell him that he loved him. And he goes in this lengthy monologue. Yeah. All of the people at the Air Force Base are listening. And I was waiting for the commander to finally be like, let's go save my son. Sure. I was like, is this going to end up being like, he knows he's secretly communicating with the commander. And maybe, like, this is all going to bring him and his Uh father uh together. No, he was just monologue. He was just having a cat in the cradle moment. (laughs) (laughs) While all the other people are also waiting to like give their last messages to the the void. Yeah, the void. The because void. they're they're not really s- putting it out there to like specifically not calling anyone. Yeah. They're not like picking up the phone and dialing It's just someone. like transmission being picked up. Yeah, and and then they're like, well, if anybody's listening, let me tell you about my father. And then yeah. he does this like long 20-minute <laughs> speech about his dad and how his dad never had a catch with them. And I'm like, this is... Well, and the colonel so far has been unmoved to yeah. save the civilians. Has not wanted to. This is not his job. This is not his pay grade. His, his, his subordinate, not volcanoes. His subordinate, Sebastian Tully, has gone outside the chain of command yeah. to try and rescue these people. He's definitely, he's like calling up missions that are far outside of his purview. Yeah. I feel like the military chain of command really would mandate that he was severely disciplined for the things he did. So, of course, the colonel has him court court-martialed, attempts to have him court-martialed in the middle of all of this. Right. But only relents when the passenger starts sharing their emotional testimonials and they get broadcast into this base, this command center. Yeah. And somebody, like, hits speaker and it starts playing through the PA of this room. And when the colonel hears these emotional testimonials of what really should have been his his son, yeah. mm-hmm. um, he decides, like, 
we're going to go get these people. Like we're going to, we're going to say, we're going to be soldiers who save people yeah. now. Yeah. No, the, you know, soldiers do need a good, strong emotional, uh, an emotional through line in order to really be driven to do things. <laughs> yes. That's a known, that's part of their basic training. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Robin Givens is like just kind of hanging out for the most part. She isn't really doing anything. And yeah. every so often she's like warning about the dangers of the volcano. Until, she keeps warning that pressure's building up. And which, by the way, no, that's what a volcano is, is the right. relief of pressure. Like that is the opposite Robin Givens of, of what a volcano, like pressure is building up no pressure is being released really aggressively <laughs> um and she's like it's gonna and then she starts warning in the third act she starts warning about how there's gonna be a bigger eruption which yeah. i'm like that's already a pretty big eruption there are like seven new yeah, volcanoes like, what are we, how big of an eruption are we talking here this and she doesn't really give an, an any sort of explanation of what kind of an eruption or how big of a eru- yeah we don't hear anything she just like keeps warning about it but she has a plan <laughs> because you know, if you're in a situation where there's a natural disaster and it's going to get worse, the best thing to do is to bomb it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we know this. This is this is a you create yeah. a new Grand Canyon. Yep. You throw a bomb into a stone NATO. Into a stone NATO, yes. And bombs in this are always case, the best solution. Bombs yeah. are the best solution. A to, nuke if you can find it. If you can. <laughs> Preferably not if it's a stone NATO, but otherwise mm. could yeah. be. Um, but in this case, Robin Gibbons is like, I have a solution. And her solution is basically to puncture the base of one of the volcanoes yeah. to create another release point. Yeah. Which again, that's what a volcano is. That's what the top of the fucking volcano yeah. is already doing. And so she's going to create another release point and that will relieve the pressure. Um, and she decides that the way to do that is with explosives. Um, which, 200 pounds of explosives? 200. Their oh. plan is to hit... Well, it's first to send an entire squadron yeah. of fighter jets at the volcano to presumably shoot the base of it until they create a hole, I guess. But they send like a dozen. Yeah. And they in, they first they can't like lock target even though the target is literally the base of a fucking mountain. <laughs> and they, they... Like, we can't lock on the target, sir. And so then... The well, goal. It's that cheap government machinery. <laughs> it's that cheap ass government machinery. Just like in just like the faulty tech in Stonados. That potato gun that couldn't shoot a, a bomb if into the middle of a tornado. A t shirt cannon. <laughs> cannon. And so they send these fighter pilots in, and of course the colonel has to be one of them because he has to redeem himself for being such a dickhead this entire time. And so but once it seems to fail, like they start losing fighter pilots immediately. Their plan yeah. to shoot the volcano isn't working. So yet again, another plan that is established that goes absolutely nowhere. And so then the new plan becomes, well, these fighter pilots can't get the job done. So we'll, we will fly the plane into the passenger plane, into the base of the volcano, carrying 200 pounds of explosives. Yeah. 200 pounds. Ugh. Wouldn't even... I don't even know if that would blow up the house I live in. Like, let alone a giant rock, a giant stone <laughs> mountain structure that is already exploding with far more force oh, for than sure. would be produced by 200 pounds of, like, I don't know, dynamite. Like, that is how you are going to even make a dent in this no, volcano? It was, Let's ac- just talk- it was Acme explosives, actually. It, it, had, it had to be. So let's just talk about Mount St. Helen for a second. Um... The eruption of Mount St. Helen was compared to um, 24 megatons of explosives. Interesting. Yeah. That is the amount that was released of Mount St. Helen. That's what it took to blow out the side of a goddamn mountain. Yeah. 24 megatons to erupt out of Mount St. Helen. Now, 
And they're going to... That much volcano is now erupting out of the top of the volcano yes. and presumably isn't puncturing the sides. Yes, yes. It is staying <laughs> contained within so the caldera. So I'm not sure how just flying... And like there's lava coming out. I don't know how you're going to puncture with an airplane a presumably very thick... Yeah. Um, like if you fly an airplane and like... Uh, if an airplane fly, I don't want to say if you fly, like I'm, I'm not suggesting this, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me be very clear on it's this. None of this is good. So if any sort of projectile yeah. flies into, say, a mountainside, yeah. what happens is that the projectile is is crumpled. It blows up. And the mountainside, pretty fine. Yeah, pretty much fine. So Dean Kane heroically, because what ends up happening is that they are like, well, we should probably get all the passengers off of this airplane. Uh-huh. And they do. And the only one who won't leave the airplane is Dean Kane because he has to fly it into the mountain yes because again they haven't figured and out he takes a he takes a hit like a piece of shrapnel yeah, oh, right. finally comes through the window of the plane and hits him in the chest doesn't look like it's actually buried that deep no nope. but seems to like it seems quickly implied that this is a fatal hit so if that's true we learn in that moment that he carries this picture around of his kids or we learned a little bit earlier because uh his his whole family's dead yeah i don't know that we know why we don't uh but they're I all would, dead. i would assume it was from a volcano but they're all they're all dead it, well, you have to have the you have to have the vendetta That's against why. Earth. Yeah. So it was really it was Dean versus yeah. volcano. Dean versus the volcano. <laughs> so he has nothing to live for, and he's going to fly Except this plane. Except for Rita. Yeah, Rita, who by the end of this movie, folks, is deeply attached. She mm-hmm. kisses him and sobs as she is pulled off of the plane. Yeah. Leaving behind Dean Kane. And my, like, what happens right before they're able to get? they're able to like put the bombs on this plane and he's getting, Dean's going to fly it in in one last heroic gasp is the, uh, an air rescue team finally comes at like the top of the plane has come off. Yeah. And a handful of people are being sucked out by the pressure. Yeah. And yet when these like rescue guys like repel their way into the cabin of the plane and people start unbuckling themselves to be rescued by the men and like, pulled back into the the safety plane that's following behind they don't just start popping up into the air no the pressure doesn't start sucking people up as they start unbuckling they're fine they're they're almost walking around the, the cabin. pressure didn't affect them when they had the side of the cabin door no. open to let what's his name no. go sky you know spacewalking yeah. <laughs> which i didn't mention by the way that it's you described it very well i would also describe it as looking like when in a cartoon a character is attached to realizes too late that he's attached to a car yeah. and he just like hovers in midair for a second with all four limbs on yeah. The ground like yeah. Wiley Coyote, does. yeah, Wiley Coyote, yeah, and it, moving in the same direction both times because it, 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 none of that, none of the physics made sense of this movie, none of the geology of this movie made sense, none of the emotions no. of this movie made sense. No. It is all as much chaos as one would expect. Well, and for some reason, the colonel, because like all the other fighter pilots are either dead or they've bailed out at this point. Yeah. So that was a completely useless mission. They're going to fly this passenger plane in with its 200 pounds of explosives to offset everything that's going on with this volcano. And the fighter, the, the colonel is like, I'm going in with him. Like at one point they're like, we have to clear a path, I guess for this plane to get to the volcano. So the, the colonel's like plow the road for them boys. It's like, and they just start shooting. (laughs) They just start shooting machine guns from the fighter, from the, from the fighter jets into debris. Like, what are they shooting at? What are they firing at? What are the bogeys? Yeah. How is this helping? They kept saying bogeys incoming. And, and I was they, like, are the bogeys lava bombs? Uh, are they and aliens? They're not, it's not like what they're, is- there's not, there's no flight pass and they're going to keep coming. It's not like, oh, we good. We shot the rocks out of the air. Thank God the volcano is out of rocks to throw it. <laughs> and so like, that was a useless mission. And so then the colonel decides, 
needlessly to self-sacrifice yeah. at the end of this. So Dean Kane flies the plane into the volcano. And then I guess the Colonel does too. Yeah. He like, just goes in after. He just goes in with him. Yeah. For no reason. And of course it all works. Yeah. And then in the end, there's like a, a like a sad remembrance of the Colonel among the soldiers, but it's like, guys, uh, he really didn't need to do that. No. Like, yeah, it was it was it was deeply unnecessary, except that maybe he couldn't live with the guilt anymore, which yeah. is like a level of pathos that they could have gotten into. Yeah, that they didn't. But he just decided to. It was like it was again, it was one of those things where it was like mm, this feels like something where it was a plot point in another movie that yes. they had th- fed into this machine mm-hmm. and the machine was like, use that one. <laughs> also, unrelated to everything. But at the end, did you catch the thing about how they're like the volcanoes in Pompeii? you Pompeii erupting and I was like what you guys Vesuvius ladies and gentlemen at the end of the just as we hear is like radio chatter in the background Vesuvius has erupted again and wiped out Pompeii yeah what the fuck well we're just not gonna deal like (laughs) they're like this isn't the only volcanic activity this is also happening guys I was just I was I was like are we setting we're not setting up a sequel you can't have a second airplane get trapped (laughs) we don't really know enough neither the geologists do anything except for like we have an electrical engineer and a geologist who thinks the solution is bomb it. So yeah. I don't really know what either of them are going to do. Off like, screen mass cataclysm kind of a <laughs> yeah. cinematically. Yeah. 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 Okay, and I, yeah. before we transition into what this was really about, I do have to say shouts out to the one time when the one sequence where anybody leaves the contained room they're in, mm-hmm. which is when the people in the CENTCOM have to run outside to watch the lava bombs hitting all the buildings around them. Sure. And we see the two grisly attacks, oh, the, the two great. grisly moments of a guy gets hit through the chest with a, like probably a fist sized lava bomb that goes straight through him mm-hmm. and creates like a burning hole. And he dies screaming before another lava bomb hits him and sets him on fire. Yeah. And then we see a guy, I think maybe grazed by a lava bomb whose body bursts into flames before those flames spontaneously go out. And then Tully and Robin Givens run over to help him and soldiers grab him on either side by the arms to start pulling up and just, Deglove the arms. Yeah, just the skin. That shit. The skin slides off like a crispy chicken skin off of a barbecue <sighs> chicken. Just gone. That entire sequence, that Out like one nowhere. minute thing, where it's like he gets blasted in the chest, and then like the reaction shot of them looking at him. <laughs> yeah, they look like they're about to laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they like they're about to laugh. And then yeah, they go to play, and it's just his skin just slides up like like Both this, like the skin of a chicken. Yeah, that, just, it, just it was slips. it was skin of a chicken. Yeah, ribs. And then they just really good ribs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of the, and then Robin Given just like wipes her hands on her pants. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so weird. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I just have like we have this man's arm skin in our have, hands. They just move on right away and like yeah. just grab his hands. It's like, why didn't you do that in the fucking first place? If his hands were able to be grabbed, what are you fucking doing grabbing his wrists? Yeah. And also, Assholes. like, his hands aren't any better. Maybe hoist him around the waist now, guys. Yeah. He has no skin. He has his... no skin below the it's elbows. The body's now. exhibit over here. Yeah. We're just going fucking this. crazy. It was insane. So yeah, that was a thing that just happened. Um, but yeah. then I think I guess that puts us into what this movie was really about. I guess that was honestly probably the level of chaos that that reality index just oh was that we did, where we didn't God. even hit the reality index of like, did you believe this like in our normal format? Yeah, this it is was all unreal. It just it was so weird, and it wasn't unreal in a like it wasn't even unreal in an, in a way that I'm like, oh, that was a bad movie. Yeah, the no. way that when people are like, this is unreal, and that's why I don't like disaster movies. Yeah. this was a failure of the genre. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And I think that's really definitively this is the first true failure of the genre yeah it it was almost like nobody 
nobody gave a shit. But also while putting a lot of work into it. Yeah. yeah like that, that was, there was a movie where, where there were things. Yeah. It just wasn't. I, I had misgivings going into this one because I was like, the title alone and everything, yeah. like it made me think that this was going to be an inauthentic attempt to make a good movie. But no, it was fully, like they were trying to do something yeah. good. Yeah. And just completely missed the mark. Yeah. Again, all the all the unfulfilled promises are really what I can't get over. Yeah. So I guess like I guess on a meta level, I guess what this movie about is about for me is the importance of follow through. <laughs> because if you're going to start if you if, if you're going to start a fucking storyline, mm-hmm. you better finish that storyline. Yep. This camp this is not pretty little liars. Yeah. This is not seven seasons of insanity where you have to keep continuity for that long and everybody's murdered somebody and everybody's had like nine sexual partners and there's been like a a person has stolen someone's eggs so they can implant their best friend with those. Did that really happen? Yes. On Pretty Little Lighter? Yes. Somebody. That's intense. a A girl sells her eggs for harvesting to get money to help pay for her scholarship that keeps her in school. And then that facility is robbed. We later learned by the super villain who stole Emily, stole Emily's eggs. And then when Allison, another character (laughs) is eventually uh, without her consent, put into a mental institution while she's uh, put under, like she's incapacitated without her consent. She is implanted with Emily, her best friend and future lovers egg and her fraudulent husband who is pretending to be one person but is really a bad guy in collusion with the supervillain inseminates her with his semen fertilizing emily's egg inside of allison's body and she carries this child to term and eventually got weird eventually has the baby of her like basically like rapist attacker husband and her best friend. Okay, so first of all, we are definitely Man. starting a Pretty Little Liars podcast because I've never watched the show before and holy shit, I've ranked what every a heavy episode. amount of you have. symbology I you though. Have. This I, woman bearing a child that is half her best friend and half her worst enemy. Like, yeah, that is, and yeah. her best friend who's also her lo- her future lover because they she, they've harbored yeah. feelings for each other since they were like fourteen. Talk about symbolism. Um, but that's what I'm saying. This is a show that was seven seasons of murder mystery yeah. with teens. This is one 90 minute movie yeah. airplane versus volcano and they could not keep this shit together. Yeah. And that is, that is, that's the one thing you don't get to do. Even mega fault. Yeah. Mega fault kept its own rules. Mega fault fault fulfilled its promises. Yeah. There, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to tie up every loose end in a movie like this. Yeah. yeah. That, that happens in even the best of movies. Sometimes. And mega fault had emotional stakes. We knew what each of them wanted. We knew what everybody's connections to each other were, yeah. was like, you felt, for some reason, as hard as Brittany Murphy's character imprinted onto the bomb specialist. Yeah. We didn't quite know why, but I felt that. Yeah. I felt that when she didn't want to leave him at the end. No, there was weird was... non-sexual bonding that yeah. happened yeah. between them. This was like when when Rita falls in love with Dean Kane. when the flight attendant Rita falls in love with Dean Kane. it was like, when the fuck did this happen? Yeah. When? When did, ha- when did anything happen that laid the foundation for yeah. where the movie ended? Un- inexplicable. So I in ex- everybody was in a different fucking movie. Yeah. If you were in the cockpit, you never met anybody in the cabin yeah. who never, never met, met anybody in, in ground yeah. control. Absolutely. What the hell? <laughs> what I, the fuck, man? <laughs> I'm stunned because my my what is this movie is really about is also that this movie is a metaphor for its own movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm That's like, all we can do. And I'm genuinely like there's nothing this is I, I 
I'm genuinely stunned because yeah, I also this movie is a metaphor for this movie. Yeah. It's like stuck on autopilot, but yep. the autopilot is flying in and the autopilot is flying in circles. Circles. Mm-hmm. But then also there's occasionally things that happen to the airplane, but like none of them really matter. And yeah. that is also how it feels watching this movie. You feel <laughs> like you're flying in circles. It's really true. And like things are happening, but none of it really matters. Like the, the feeling of watching this movie is the same. And by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, fly me into a fucking volcano. I don't <laughs> yeah, care. I'm going down with you. Like, Dean I, Kane. I guess so. Like, so yeah, this movie, it was a metaphor for itself. It is. Which is the weirdest, most recursive, but also fitting. <laughs> it is fitting that a movie that is basically the entire tension comes from the existence of autopilot. Yeah. It is fitting that, therefore, what this movie is really about wow. is just a recursive answer back to itself. Wow. I mean, this is essentially like the T-shirt of what's uh, <laughs> this is like that T-shirt of Macaulay Culkin that Ryan Reynolds is wearing or that. Oh, OK. And then Macaulay yeah. Culkin has a T-shirt with the picture of that on yeah. it. And they just keep doing it to each other. That is what this is. That is this movie. Um, wow. What a weird... Like, I expected going in this was going to be bad. Uh-huh. I, but I expected it to be bad in, like, a a failure of a movie, but, like, entertainingly failure yeah. of a movie. Not just, like, wow, you guys yeah. gave up at every turn, huh? Yeah. And Shit. not, like, oh, we're just going to let Dean Cain just hang out in a chair that, for the, the whole the time of a shoot. And, and he doesn't punch anyone. No. <laughs> he just keeps saying... I can fly this plane. Yeah. I can fly this plane. You're not. No, I mean, you're no. not flying no. this not plane. No. In fact, no one is. <laughs> no. So then, like, what does this even mean for dream casting then? So I still was like, I'm going to dream cast this. Okay. Initially, because initially the only dream casting I had was for Jim. Okay. Because the entire time, all I could think to myself, and we'll probably be thinking with every movie as we go forward, is uh-huh. how much better would it be if Jim were played by Ernie Hudson? Yeah, that is absolutely, <laughs> yes. That is absolutely true. He's the only one I wanted. Yes. Oh, And my God. British, please. Yeah. Oh, sure. Why and, not? And British. British. He, could be, he could be Scottish if he wanted to. I don't <laughs> care what the accent is. He could switch the accent every, every few like, scenes. Yeah. I don't really care. Ernie Hudson. Got to be Ernie Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely like pump up the role a little bit. But then I was like, okay, fine. If I'm going to cast Ernie Hudson, then I'm going to really cast this movie. <laughs> yeah. So um, the thing that was hardest was that, and the thing that was really tricky for me was how few of the char- the characters had a character so there's nothing to really hang on to be like ah so that trait is a this person trait yeah there was so little there was so little there so like normally i go overboard and cast so many people in this case i was like ah who do i i guess i gotta cast these people yeah so the volcanologist uh landon Uh uh-huh uh dj qualls because what else is he doing yeah okay and like just he's got a he could be a geologist Uh he has a very geologist vibe to him honestly (laughs) like dj qualls feels like i could have gone to college with him okay um Robin Givens' character, I made Yunjin Kim from, she was in Lost. Mm. Oh, and yeah. And Mistress's son in Lost. So I'm like, oh, you know what? She can look concerned while yelling at men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's done that before. Yeah. Like, but be yelling and not being listened to and looking just generally concerned. Because yeah. what else is that character doing? She wasn't really doing much. Yeah, she's like, she's barely doing anything. Yeah, she's familiar with Hawaii. Let her go back to Hawaii. Sure. Um, for the Colonel, I made that John Schneider. Okay. From Ooh. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, Again, it's one of those, what else is he doing? Sure, why not? <laughs> and like, he could kind of look concerned and a little, like, you would beef, beef up that role a little and make him a little more like, a little more cocky, a little more arrogant, a little more like, settle down now, little lady. Like, yeah. you would lean into that a <laughs> little bit. Settle down, little lady. Um, 
And then, but the one that I really, the, the casting I am really proud of, I didn't bother with Rita. I didn't bother with the specialist, like specialist Tully, like whatever. Yeah. Go to central casting. I don't care. <laughs> uh, specialist they, Tully. They like, did. They really did. Yeah. Uh, so Dean Kane's character, <laughs> Rick, <clears throat> that's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, makes sense. What else is he going to, he can sit in a, behind a wheel for a while. Yeah. We also believe that he can fly, but only passably. <laughs> Most importantly, by aging him up, now his wife and kids can be dead, or just his wife can be dead. Right. And he's a real yeah. like, aging pathos. And the yeah. idea of him flying an airplane into a volcano, you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to go be rejoined with, with Gilda. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, it, it, you get that kind of aging pathos, and he get, brings the, the weight to it that Dean Cain's, like, meat sweats vibe didn't have. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that's <laughs> there was a lot of meat sweat coming yeah. that role. You're totally right. So that's that's the that's the casting I'm doing. Um, I want to point out one thing about your casting. I mean, well, let's start off with the fact that Harrison Ford crashed a plane. Re- but yeah, well. <laughs> sure. There's that. Uh, you you did say John Schneider. Now I know, and I think Jordan knows your touch point for John Schneider is certainly Smallville. But you tried to cover it up by saying Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> I mean, okay, so that was how Skewered. I first learned who John Schneider was. <laughs> yes. Come um, on, the picture of John Schneider in your head is not young well, Dukes no, of Hazzard. Well, no, of course John not. Schneider. It's it's not like a, why would I be casting young Dukes of Hazzard John Schneider <laughs> exactly. as the role of the of the Colonel? But I, only because I already used the guy from um the I already used the guy from Terminator. Mm. Like I it's just I needed that dude. Or like if if Rutger Hauer was still alive, I'd pick right. him. Oh, Rutger I just wanted be Rutger so I wanted like movie. a jaw a generic jawline. <laughs> I need someone who just kind of feels like they can be an authority figure and a dick. And John mm. Schneider feels like he can be an authority figure and a dick. That's that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. Like I will never The deny. John Schneider in your head was was Jonathan Kent when you, yeah, when you said but that. Not, but you wanted not to, soft. But you <laughs> wanted <laughs> to just avoid you, you wanted I, to like throw people off the scent. I wanted to give myself some so guys real talk here um, I was very into the Smallville fandom uh-huh. uh, from the years 2001 to probably 2004 Got I read it. a lot of fanfic I participated very heavily in the Mighty Big TV message boards amazing um, what a time I, I this was probably my first and only entry really into a fandom in the truest sense did you feel really like <gasps> when the Allison Mack Nexium stuff happened oh, oh my gosh well no because if you were really in the know, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You knew that she was in a weird cult because she had been trying to recruit back in 2003, 2002, 2003. She was recruiting fans at conventions to Damn. her cult. There was like oh a fan. Uh, there was a fan, an Allison Mack like super fan. I don't remember if she ran a site or not. Because um, this was back in the day when like we all had GeoCity sites, right? Yeah, and, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember if she had a fan Angel site fire. or not. But she was super, super Allison Mack, super fan. And she got like not into the sex cult aspect of it because I feel like I would have heard that. Right. But um, she definitely got into the cult. And like Kristen Craig with the Lana was also in it. But then she got out. She was like, this shit's weird. Um, But yeah, no, like that was that was one of those things where I when the Allison Mack thing happened, I wasn't like, oh, my God, what? I was like. Oh, that's still happening. <laughs> oh my God, what? <laughs> yeah, I was genuinely like, oh, the cult's still around. I thought cults had like a lifespan of like five years unless yeah. they were Scientology, wow. mm-hmm. which is not a cult, don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like not surprised. I was mostly just like, oh. Okay. Oh. 
Man. Sorry yeah. for that digression. No, Sorry, guys. Good yeah, digression. But yeah, Sorry, so the point, point is, yeah, uh, everything about my, my teenage years are embarrassing. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think at some point, I'm just going to randomly, there was like a Smallville continuation comic series that like went like three more seasons after the show ended. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think at some point, I'm just going to find those in a dollar bin and drop them on Amanda's doorstep just for fun. You, you say this like I wouldn't be like, well, I mean. Oh, that's exactly why. Because you'd be like, oh, what a fun joke. But then when no one's around. I stopped watching by like the last couple of seasons. But not okay. We're really in the weeds. Of we are. Sorry. Yeah, we don't we need to talk. I'm sorry, you guys. We don't need to talk about this. Uh, sorry, fantasy uh, casting, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. So, sorry. Yeah. So is it me? Is it me now? Yes, you. Um. Yeah. Apologies to all you small. I am so there sorry. Were really you guys. indulging in that. Uh. I would had to stop. Uh, um. I aided and abetted that, but it, I. This was entirely Jason's fault. You guys it all. You guys both and honestly, let this go. I feel like part of my job should be to keep things on track. No, we're not. Like this is the second episode where I've had to reveal something very embarrassing about. Myself, like, like, yeah, why? I mean, fun. sure, I do it though. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Jordan, Jordan, who's your fantasy? Yeah, person? I will. I'm. I absolutely Ernie Hudson in the accent of his sure. choice is is Air Marshal Jim. Uh, the two pilots are. Yep. Yeah, there. That's uh, Miles Teller and Ansel Elgort. Sure. Are the are the co pilots who bite bite the dust within the first fifteen minutes? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, I knew that was going to be. I never be, get sick yeah. of it. Yeah, no, never, I, never. I look forward to it every episode. Do they also reoccur as the guy who gets a, a chest wound and then the guy who gets <laughs> um, for For the colonel, for the asshole colonel, I'm going to go with one of my favorite villains. Um, he's not always a villain, but he's really good when he has one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Isaacs. Yes. Because, oh. man, that guy can just be evil yeah but he's so handsome and touching (laughs) and he's just like him recently in um i forget what the the name of the uh armando ianucci one was where he played joseph stalin oh yeah death Mm. of stalin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. god that was the one the the movie he didn't play stalin he played the name of the movie where stalin dies but um but yeah that was uh boat windows the movie (laughs) boat windows yeah. yeah um and i like I, I have a hard time wanting to put anybody in this, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm making Dean Kane uh, in the spirit of of uh, Harrison Ford, Liam Neeson. Okay, perfect. Because we know he can do plane. Yeah. yeah, we know we know he can do distressed on a plane. Yeah, and so that gives that brings me to uh, volcanologist Landon. Mm-hmm. I'm making Ezra Miller. Sure, make him a little wily okay. guy. Yeah, you know what that works. He has that same sort of scrawny manic energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a rascal. Yeah, kind of a little bit of a rascal. I believe Ezra Miller could like wire and wire a phone. Uh, absolutely, sure. absolutely. No, he would have that kind of like flash. Yeah. neuroses about sure. him. Yeah, that uh, that Jim him, Parsons well, energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him a character. Yeah, I, yeah, job. I and I, I actually like that actor too. I liked the actor whoever was Landon in this yeah. one. I was his like, name was Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer. I know that name. I feel like it's, I. I'll tell you why. Because I, I had a whole thing about this. Uh, there's another guy named Matthew Mercer oh. who runs that big online D&D thing, Critical Role. No, He's that's like, not how Jordan knows him. I was His face is... I'm going to look it up and you know what? I'm going to check can, out on I this next episode. I, I'm you, sure she doesn't watch that. What I'm saying is yeah. that though, it is a name that yeah. gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. Matt Mercer, because he's got a huge fandom. I, I had to look it up because I don't know the guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look into this and perhaps I'll have more input next episode. Please. Um... And then for I feel like I just want to like bring Robin Givens back. Yeah, you might as well. But like current like current incarnation Robin Givens. Yeah. And just let her have more. Just let her have more with the role. Yeah. 
So I think that's, and I, I, for some reason, like the energy of Robin Givens and Liam Neeson as an idea. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think that's about where I'll, I'll stop it. I definitely think that in that version or in any of these versions, what you do have to have happen is that she needs to be able to be on the headset and the comms, giving yes. them instructions. Yes, that was exactly. A, we were missing that dynamic yeah. here. Like she needs to be on the headset, on the comms, being like, here's a, you gotta be flying at this altitude. Yeah. This altitude, the ash won't melt. Yeah, like, exactly. So give her a like fucking that. job to do. Yeah. Um, but then that, I guess, brings us into Towering Inferno. Oh, are we even bothering with that? I, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a 1.5 for oh me. Oh my God. I mean, I'm Oof. not even, I'm not ranking this. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't warrant a ranking. There it is. And that's a, that's a little, that's a legitimate answer. Wow. How about you, jo- Jordan? How about you, Jason? <laughs> uh, 0.5. Yeah. There we go. I mean, an serious. average of one volcano. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> it had it coming. Tough. It deserve. it's what it deserves. Yeah. Uh, a Towering Inferno. So, yeah, what is that? Uh, we uh, we can say next week will be a special episode. It will be, It'll be honoring a, special, a dedication. Yes, a dedication. What do we What do we got on deck, Amanda? So next week we've got 1980s Alligator. Yes. Um, not the sequel. Not a this three of us sitting around playing the board game of it because that does <laughs> exist. But the 1980 film Alligator, starring the dearly departed Robert Forster. Oh. Um, and so truly that truly dearly departed. Yeah. So that that was a, 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 a I almost said happy accident just now. Which <laughs> not I was I was looking up his I was like how do I know his face because I don't feel like it's from Jackie Brown and then mm-hmm. I started looking through and I was like Alligator he's in the movie Alligator mm-hmm. I've never seen that but that's a movie we're watching yep, definitely. Um, so you can find that uh, if you Google it if you Google Alligator movie 1980 you will find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's the only place I could find it. You can get the DVD. I would encourage everyone to get the DVDs off of Amazon. <laughs> Please do. But if for some reason you are unable to, theoretically you should be able to find it on the internet unless this podcast becomes so popular that YouTube finds it and then pulls it down. <laughs> and if you do live in the Los Angeles area, I actually do believe I have seen it stocked at Cinephile Video. I thought oh, you were okay. about to say I have it on DVD and you uh, can We're, we're just going to invite people over. Everyone's coming over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait till we become big enough that we can have watch parties. Right, right. That is yeah. the goal. Yeah. Roof, rooftop watch parties, really. Oh, yeah. Roto Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that, uh, you know, we... We apologize to you all for uh, airplane versus volcano, and yet an ex- an instructive experience. Yeah, I was yeah. actually it was we like, need okay. to find the bottom. Yeah, and we we found it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like actively angry still at this oh, movie's yeah. existence because it had so much potential. Yep. Um, all right, so guys, Jordan, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, at Jor Crew on Twitter, J O R C R U. I'm at Amanda R Tubbs. That's Tubbs with two B's. I'm Jason Halftones. Um, you can find the podcast for disca- disaster underscore pod on Twitter. You can email us at uh, we're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. Please, if you haven't already, please rate and review us. Um, we're, we could use some more ratings. We could use some more reviews. Definitely, if you've got an iTunes login, if you have friends who have an iTunes login, if you have a relative like I did where I took my father's phone and <laughs> pointed him toward all the things that he needed to do, please do that because it will help. Um, and also share it on Twitter. Interact with us. We are more than happy to interact with you. I have nothing but free time. We're quite online. Super online. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, I'm and I've got always, a big gift library. Oh, she's got an extensive and and custom made. Yeah, and I would say like intriguing. <laughs> I, yeah, I would like to think so as well. Yeah. All right, so guys, we'll see you next week well, for Alligator. Oh, I was Jason? about to say, don't we? Don't we have a couple of new? Uh, I was thinking we were. I, I I'm ready to. I mean, we can read some new reviews if you want. I I mean, if if we can close out if you want, but we do no, have a couple some. new read reviews. Them. Jason, go for it. Uh, first one, five stars from Alex S nine eight seven zero, titled "Love This." 
thank you. The uh, the description here is great pod. So much fun to watch the movies and then hear them dissect. Very witty and very entertaining. Can't wait for more. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, there's a couple more. Should I do uh, one more for this Let's week? Let's go yeah. for more. All right. And this one's pretty long. Okay. This is from Robert Liu. Uh, another five stars. Uh, titled, Like a Stonado to the Face. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we uh, are. Speaking <laughs> our language. Confusing and deadly. Yeah. Uh, what he's, what Robert says is, uh, worried that your disaster movie doesn't compare favorably to others of the genre? Disaster Girls does the hard work of sorting it out for you. <laughs> uh, Jordan Cruciola, Amanda Smith, and producer Jason wade through the wreckage and give you the straight dope on whether your favorite film is destined for salvation or the scrap heap think you can choose be- a better protagonist the hosts do as well see how your fantasy casting compares to theirs the reality index tells you if the science is legit or as fake as a fox news chiron <laughs> if you're searching for a deeper meaning in everything you consume yes. you'll appreciate what this movie is really about uh, and if you need some sort of rating system, you're covered there too. Each film is rated on a scale of one to five towering oh, infernos. Yeah, no, Thank he you. covers. He hits Thank all you. the. That's amazing. Oh, honestly, we should use this as our uh, <laughs> description. podcast description. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, he tops it off with uh, "Don't go wading through the avalanche of choices oh. on your preferred streaming service without this weekly guide to the disasters looming within." That was fantastic, Robert. Thank Wonderful. you for doing a better job than I've ever done to describe this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no joke. That is. That was uh, amazing. That's killer. So uh, thank you, everyone. And there's uh, there's some more, uh, one more for next week. But uh, I mean, we like to do two at a time. So, yeah, uh, yeah, let's, you know, let's, 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 save. let's get at least one more yeah. for next week so that we can have another two for. But uh, yeah, review it, rate it, uh, watch for Alligator 1980 yes. uh, yeah. for next week. Thanks, everybody. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>